highest of heights to the depths of the sea. But he, verse 21, speaking of Nico, sent messengers to Josiah, verse 21, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. In other words, I've come against, I'm going against Babylon, and I'm going to be complicit, I'm going to be confederate with Assyria, because there's a bigger enemy that we all hate, and that's Babylon. I'm going up there, stay out of my way. All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Today we learn that King Josiah went against Pharaoh Necho, and Pharaoh killed him. Pharaoh warned Josiah against battling against him, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day. Josiah stubbornly refused to hear this warning, which was actually from God, and he disguised himself in battle, yet he was still shot by archers and died. This was a sad end to one of the greatest kings of Judah. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 23 in the book of Second Kings. I like that. He did all these things. Fulfilling prophecy, doing great things, and he returned to Jerusalem. No big deal. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Sometimes the most significant things just seem to be so normal and natural. And, you know, like Jesus riding in to Jerusalem on a donkey. I'm sure at the time it seemed a little odd to people that he'd be riding in on a donkey, but it was just kind of a natural thing, and he arranged it, made arrangements, rode in the donkey, and they had no idea. Most of them didn't know that one of the most significant prophecies ever was fulfilled. In that moment, he said, This your day, but you didn't know it. And yet it was just, I wonder what the day was like. Do you ever wonder? You know, It's like if you could rewind and go back. I, I think like that because I'm a nut. I, I think back and I'm like, Lord, I would just like to go back at that moment and be invisible, standing there watching this whole thing and taking, in the, taking it all in, taking all in the people laying the palm fronds and, and taking it in, seeing you and maybe even walking alongside the donkey as you're going and just being amazed and, and, and feeling the temperature of the air and the smell of the... The, the, the fragrant flowers or whatever, the desert, whatever it is that's going on, just smelling and taking that all in. And it was just so significant. And yet nobody, nobody knew it. Now, Josiah, um, so let's go to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 35, verses 1 through 27. We're going to go through this fairly quickly because we're going to take communion together tonight. I'd like to finish up uh, Josiah's reign. So we're going to look at Second Chronicles chapter 35. Notice it says, so, and this, after he's done all of this, now he keeps the Passover. And this is the most wonderful part of this, because this event at this time was so significant. 
that the Spirit of God records for us, and, and I'll just I'll let you hang there, and we'll get to it because it's so beautiful. It says, Now Josiah kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. Why that day? Well, because it told us in Exodus 12, God told them when to slay the Passover lamb. And, they, and he told them the very next day they were to, to have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? And so he set priests in their duties, encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. Wow, that hadn't been done in a very long time. Not even in Judah. Everything was falling apart and decay. And now this guy comes along. He, he changes, cleans it all out, puts all the servants, all the Levites, back into their right places, in their right orders, doing the things that God had told them to do. This was a huge deal. And can you imagine the smile on God's face at this whole time? And he set the priests in their duties and encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. Then he said to the Levites who taught all Israel who were holy to the Lord. And he says this, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. It shall no longer be a burden on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. So evidently, at some point, the ark of the covenant got taken out of the holy of holies and was probably filled with all this other idolatrous stuff from his fathers and his grandfather. So now they put the ark in its rightful place, in the holy of holies. Prepare yourself, he says, according to your father's houses, according to your divisions, following the written instruction of David, king of Israel, and the written instruction of Solomon, his son. And stand in the holy place, according to the divisions of the father's houses, of your brethren, to the, 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 to the, um, the lay people, and according to the division of the father's house of the Levites. And so slaughter the Passover offerings, consecrate yourselves, and prepare them for your brethren, that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Verse 7, then Josiah gave the lay people lambs and young goats from the flock, all for Passover offerings, for all who were present, to the number of 30,000 as well as 3,000 cattle. These were from the king's possessions. So here is a young man who is not only worshiping God by ridding the temple and all the stuff from all the junk, but now he's got all these people. They haven't done this for a long time. And he's like, don't worry about the lamb and the, and the, the cows and everything else. I'm going to give them to you out of his own possessions. And think of that. If you and I were to be there on that Passover, there'd be a lot of blood flowing down the hill into the Kidron Valley, and it would freak most of us out. But God was saying, he's right on the money. (laughs) He's right on the money. We would all be grossed out and be running for the hills, and yet God was pleased. And even his leaders, they gave willingly to the people, to the priests, the Levites, Hilkiah, Zechariah, Jehiel, rulers of the house of God, gave the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 from the flock and 300 cattle. Also, Conaniah, his brother Shemaiah, and Nethanel, and Hashabiah, and Jael, and Josabad, chief of the Levites, gave to the Levites for Passover offerings 5,000 from the flock and 500 cattle. And so the service was prepared, and the priests stood in their places. And I don't know about you, but I read this sometimes, and I just get teary-eyed. I know that sounds a little nuts, but you think about how you know they've been without this for so long. They hadn't been doing the right thing for so many years, and now it's just like a flood. Probably the greatest moment in their history. 
other than maybe David when he brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem from Obed-Edom's house. That was a really wonderful day. This was probably one of those, probably two days in all of their history that was the best, arguably. And they slaughtered the Passover offerings, and the priests sprinkled the blood with their hands while the Levites skinned the animals. Then they removed the burnt offerings that they might give them to the divisions of the fathers' houses of the lay people to offer to the Lord, as it is written in the book of Moses. And so they did. Notice, everything was done by the book. And God was so pleased with this young man. He, he wasn't making things up. He was going by the book. He was worshiping God according to the way God wanted to be worshipped. See, we don't have the right to make things up and just do things. That, oh, well, I, just, I feel like doing something different today. Well, they didn't have that opportunity. They didn't have that leisure to say, well, you know, I don't want to sacrifice a lamb today. I want to do something different. I want beef. I want fish. Enough of the sheep stuff, lamb chops. You know, um, but they didn't have, he was faithful. Also, they roasted the Passover offerings, verse 13, with fire according to the ordinance. But the other holy, holy offerings they boiled in pots in cauldrons and pans, and they, they divided them quickly among all the lay people. And then afterward, they prepared portions for themselves and for the priests. Because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were busy in offering burnt offerings and fat until nighttime. Therefore, the Levites prepared portions for themselves and for the priests, the sons of Aaron. And notice that they, 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 the priests, they served the people first, and then afterward, they prepared portions for themselves. It's always somebody else first and then them. Have you heard that acronym, JOY? In all of our Christian ministry, think of this. Jesus first, J, and then O for others. And then U, or Y, actually, for you. Where does that put us last? He's first, others are second, and I'm last. And that should be the, always the way it is. In any ministry in the church. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus, right? And the singers, verse 15, the sons of Asaph were in their places. So even the music was all in order. According to the command of David, Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, the, the king's seer, also the gatekeepers were at each gate. They did not have to leave their position because their brethren, the Levites, prepared portions for them. So even while they're standing there and going through this huge thing, they were, food was being brought to them so they could continue in their ministry. It was an amazing day. I, I, I almost wonder if it just rained from heaven and it was just the tears of God and joy for seeing what his people were doing. And, you know, they were doing it right. And Josiah had an obedient heart. God loves an obedient heart, by the way. When we're obedient to him, it's like he, you're irresistible to him. And get carried away with that. Let your heart get carried away with that. He loves you, even when we're disobedient. But when you're obedient, it just puts the smile on the heart of God. And so, verse 16, All the service of the Lord was prepared the same day to keep the Passover and to offer burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord according to the command of King Josiah. And the children of Israel who were present kept the Passover at that time and the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. And, there, and here's circle verse 18. Circle it, put a star by it, because this is a really awesome, awesome verse. There had been no Passover kept in Israel like that 
since the days of Samuel the prophet. And none of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah kept with the priests and the Levites, all Judah and Israel who were present, and all and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah, this Passover was kept. It was 621 B.C. And Josiah was 26 years of age. The 18th year of his reign. He came... He He was eight years old when he first started. His 18th year was 26 years old. They had the biggest shebang you've ever seen. I just think that's beautiful, don't you? It's Thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God. And I think about what we're going to be able to do on May 19th. I'm just so looking forward to that day. Just to give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness. How he's been faithful to all of us. And you have been a part of it. You have been contributing to all of that and many other things. But now, this building doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to Calvary Chapel, per se, even though we do own the whole complex, but it belongs to all of us. God has given it to us. Finally, in verse 20 through 27, this will be really quick, and then we'll take communion together. And So after all this, Now, this is the only mark on Josiah's life was this foolish thing that he did toward the end of it. You know, he was was a young man. He died prematurely, as we're going to see. And really unfortunate. I wonder how many years the Lord might have given him had he just stayed, kept his nose out of somebody else's business. Have you ever put your nose in somebody else's business? And then realize that you, you get hurt in the process because you stuck your nose in somebody else's business. I've done that. And I'm learning to stay out of things and not make anything my business that's not my business, right? Notice, after all this, after all of this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. Now, Pharaoh Necho of Egypt was going to fight with the king of Assyria to go against. He was so. This is what it, this is the way it was. So down here in Egypt, Necho, the king of Egypt, he's coming against uh, Babylon. Babylon is over here. Babylon is coming now. They've already taken over Nineveh in 612 BC. The 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 Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and the Medes. They had already. Uh, destroyed Nineveh in 612 B.C. So now in 609 B.C., all these people who had fled, who weren't destroyed in that slaughter at Nineveh in 612, finally many of them move over to Carchemish, which is even further west, and then they settle by the Euphrates. And so you still got an Assyrian uh, conglomerate there at uh, at Carchemish. So now Babylon is now coming because now that Nineveh has fallen. Syria is on its way out as being a world power. And who's the next big guy on the block? Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) So Nebuchadnezzar comes after them. He goes all the way to Carchemish. And now the Assyrians are going to be attacked by the Babylonians. Necho, the king of Egypt, he gets wind of it. And both of them, the Assyrians and the Egyptians, they hate Babylon. So Pharaoh Necho says, well, I'm going to help the Assyrians. And so he makes his way up the coastline or comes by ship. We don't really know how they got there, but they come up to Carchemish at 609 B.C. and they start this battle. And, and, and Josiah is thinking to himself, 
He, he would rather have, uh, we don't know exactly his motivation. Maybe he had an affinity for Babylon more than the Assyrians. We don't really know. And maybe he didn't want them to defeat the Babylon. We don't really know, but he got in the way. So he goes up to Megiddo, and we've been to Megiddo, right, Kathy? Remember Megiddo? We were up there. And right at that area, Pharaoh Necho comes in, and then Josiah and his army come out and battle. But he, verse 21, speaking of Necho, sent messengers to Josiah, verse 21, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. In other words, I've come against, I'm going against Babylon, and I'm going to be complicit, I'm going to be confederate with Assyria, because there's a bigger enemy that we all hate, and that's Babylon. I'm going up there, stay out of my way. I have come not against you, For God commanded me to make haste. Now, we don't know whether he really did or not. But refrain from meddling with God with who is with me, lest he destroy you. And I think that was was a good word that he spoke to Josiah, but Josiah didn't listen. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself so that he might fight with him and did not heed the words of Necho from the mouth of God. So he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And for those of you who have been to Megiddo in that area, that's uh, the valley of Megiddo is where the valley of Armageddon is, or the Armageddon battle is going to take place in the last days. And let me tell you, it's a crazy place. It's the perfect, even Napoleon said, this is the ultimate battle spot. And that's where this was happening. And that's where the ultimate battle is going to be in the end days. But notice, he would not turn. The archer shot Josiah, verse 23, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. And so his servants therefore took him out of that chariot, put him into a second chariot that he had had, and they brought him to Jerusalem. And so he died and was buried in one of the tombs of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. And Jeremiah also lamented for Josiah. And to this day, all the singing men and the singing women speak of Josiah in their lamentations. And they made it a custom in Israel, and indeed they are written in the laments. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness, according to what was written in the law of the Lord, and his deeds from first to last, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And we read that, didn't we? In fact, this whole list that you see on the board and behind me on the screen, we looked at the kings, the chronicles of the kings of Judah, Finally, in 2 Kings 23, verse 30, it says, Then his servants moved his body in a chariot, brought him to Jerusalem, buried him in his own tomb, and the people of the land took Jehoiahaz, the son of Josiah, anointed him, and made him king in his father's place. Now, unfortunately, Jehoiahaz is only going to be on the throne for about three months. (laughs) But think of what a wonderful reign this man Josiah had, and and, and, and the, how blessed the Lord was with him. And it was because he was obedient. And he made a foolish error at the end. And do you know that Josiah is in glory? He's in heaven. And he made a mistake. Anybody here make a mistake? Made mistakes? Maybe even today you made a mistake as a believer. Is a mistake going to keep you out of heaven? No. It may make your life troublesome if you make a mistake. 
But is there a mistake that you can make that's going to keep you out of heaven? The only mistake that you can make that will keep you from heaven is rejecting Christ. Everything else is just life. And anybody here perfect? None of us are. We make mistakes. And don't be discouraged, folks, when you make a mistake. Don't think that God is angry with you, that he no longer loves you because you did something really foolish. You're just going to enter in the long line of people before you, saints that are in heaven right now that have made mistakes. Don't be so hard on yourself. If it's a sin, repent of it and be done with it. And ask God to forgive you. And he'll forgive you. His promise is true. And go on in your Christian walk and and grow and thrive, right? If we could have the worship team uh, come on up. Or Sarah, I guess that's just you and I, isn't it, tonight? The worship team, that's, that's you and me, isn't it? You and I. As we, uh, as we sing this next song of worship, uh, just come on up and grab one of the elements, one of the things, and, um, and bring it back to your chair, and we'll take it together, okay? okay? Lord, we thank you for what these elements represent to us, Lord, and to take communion means to come into agreement and to, Lord, to take into our innermost being those, those things that you gave to your disciples that very night that you were um, that night that you were taken and arrested falsely accused falsely arraigned falsely crucified but lord that night you took the bread and the cup and the passover meal and you did something unique that you'd never done before and you said that this this is my body broken for you as you took the bread and you passed it out and Lord, we thank you for the broken body. Lord, the, the punishment that you had bore, even from man, as you hung on that cross. But we know that there was much more that you received on that cross that no man has ever received, and that is the sin of the whole world. Lord, when you made your soul an atonement for our sin. And Lord, so we take this bread in remembrance of the body, your body that was broken on our behalf. Let's partake of that. And immediately following, Jesus took the cup of wine and he passed around that chalice to all of his disciples. And he said, take and drink. This is my the blood of the new covenant which is given for you and drink all of it for and later on he, the apostle paul would tell us that as we do these things we remember the lord's death until he comes and so let's partake of the cup we have read about josiah lord and just to see such a young man lord for you to have your way in him. We know that it's uh, it's good for us to ask the same. And Lord, you're not a respecter of persons. What you could do through the life of Josiah, you can do through us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do that work in us, Lord. We love you and we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings.
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.